All right. Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, listeners of all ages. We are back. The Legionnaire Podcast. I am one half of the hosting duo, Callahan, and on the other side of that camera is my very handsome brother with a fresh new haircut. Fresh haircut today, I was going to say. I got a new haircut today. So please explain the story of how you had to go to a salon and not a barbershop. Uh, it was just, it's a whole ordeal with the parents. I mean, I moved back home from my apartment, so my hair is getting a little long and they're like, uh, you need to cut it. So I was going to go to the barber and they wanted me to go to the salon. So I went to the salon and it, it was fine. I enjoyed it. I never really get my hair cut that often, but when I was in there, I was thinking of, do you remember from Diary of a Wimpy Kid when Greg Heffley was at the Bombshells Beauty Salon? I looked it up to make sure. (laughs) And I was thinking, because I was talking while I was at the salon with my stylist or whatever you would call her. And I was just like trying not to laugh because I was thinking of from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. It was like from like the Dog Days book where he was like talking gossip with them and i was like oh my god <laughs> when he walks in they're like hi greg and he's like hi lady <laughs> yes. i looked up i looked up from part of the book where it was like my mom t- uh came halfway through the story where i was hearing about mrs mr pepper's wife who was half of his age and i was like oh my god i forgot how funny these books were Dude, they're so funny <laughs> but yeah i got a fresh haircut today i went to the it's not Bombshell's Beauty, but I'll call it Bombshell's Beauty just because it was from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. have to. Well, as fun as your haircut is and how funny Diary of a Wimpy Kid is, we are not. We will not be talking about Diary of a Wimpy Kid today. No, I mean, my old hairstyle was kind of old and like outdated, but I got a fresh cut. And speaking of old and outdated and newer fresh things. <sighs> that was a clean transition. We got the Snyder Cut to talk about oh today. Oh my god, that was so good. Yeah, what can I so, say? I'm quick, I'm, I'm quick on my feet. So, Will, what, what, what is the Snyder Cut? Because I guarantee oh. right now, this is this is the given dad's going to be... We, we need to say this is Zack Snyder's Justice League, but so eloquently called or abbreviated called the Snyder Cut. What is, what is, this, what is this Zack Snyder's Justice League? So... Oh man, it's 2021. So about four years ago, there was a movie called Justice League that came out and it was originally being filmed by Zack Snyder during like 2015, 2016. And Zack Snyder had already made Man of Steel, which featured Superman. And then he made Batman versus Superman, which featured Batman and Superman along with Wonder Woman briefly. And he was slated to then make the Justice League movie. And he had this whole set of movies that were being planned on making called like the Snyderverse. Or at least that's what people were calling it at the moment. But people are also calling it the DCEU, the DC Extended Universe of Movies. But while Zack Snyder was filming this movie, his family experienced a tragedy. His daughter um, had committed suicide and he stepped away from the movie because it Obviously. wasn't it wasn't the right time to film the movie. He had other things to focus on. So Warner Brothers was the 
company that was producing the movie. So they still wanted this movie to release. And I don't want to like start putting words in like people's mouths and like start speaking for the companies and everything. But I don't think that they were very pleased with how the movie was turning out because Batman v Superman didn't get the greatest audience reviews or the greatest critic critical reviews. And I can see why, but I think they were a little frustrated with how this movie was turning out and they sort of pushed Zack Snyder out of the way and they brought in Joss Whedon. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Joss Whedon, he directed the first two Avengers movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which were both financially successful and for the most part, critically successful. The first one was much better than the second one, but looking back at the two Avengers movies, the first two, they're not nearly as good as the last two. So, but Joss Whedon decided he didn't decide, but Warner brothers decided to bring on Joss Whedon to finish up justice league. And at first it just seemed like they were doing minor reshoots and just finishing up some minor parts of the movie. And as time went on and before the movie came out, we started to hear that the movie was completely reshot and not a whole lot of Zack Snyder's original work was in the movie. So by the time the movie comes out in 2017 and it's now basically Joss Whedon's Justice League movie and not Zack Snyder's Justice League movie, the movie comes out and it's abysmal. It was a joke of a movie. It was a joke of a superhero movie. And it was a shame to see the Justice League just be put to shame after all of the iconic storylines and comics that had, and TV shows that had been devoted to the Justice League. And people were fairly frustrated with it because they're like, you were irate. You uh, were. Pissed. I was not very pleased with it. I like I I always do this where I convince myself that movies are good, but I saw it and I was like, oh, this is so bad. Now, I will say this though, I wasn't the biggest fan of Batman v Superman. I it had its moments. It had some very high highs, but it also had very low lows as well. Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor, he was not someone I was particularly a fan of in Batman v Superman man of steel. I enjoyed now. I think there was a lot of collateral damage in man of steel and literal collateral damage in Metropolis. It it was crazy, crazy collateral damage, but Zack Snyder directed both those movies. And I didn't really know what to expect because I was like, Oh, Joss Whedon did the first two Avengers movies. So this should be a great movie. I was wrong. And I was like, well, I can't imagine that Zack Snyder did anything better. And then as time went on, the day that the movie came out, actually, the day that the so from from here on out now, we're going to refer to Joss Whedon's Justice League as Justice League because it just makes it easier. Or we'll just say Joss Whedon's Justice League. But the day that that movie came out, someone had tweeted from like, I think it was in somewhere in Europe, they had said, Basically, this movie sucks and hashtag release the Snyder Cut. I don't think that person knew when he tweeted that out that he would gain a mass following saying that because him tweeting out saying hashtag release the Snyder Cut spawned a million and a half tweets over the span of three years of people saying movement. It was an entire cult of hardcore DC fans who wanted Warner Brothers media to release the Snyder cut because they were like 
there is no chance that these two movies are the same because I don't know what the social media app that Zack Snyder was using, but he engages with his fans a lot on it. And he was posting different things and talking to them about how he never saw Joss Whedon's Justice League. He was only hearing it from other people because he is actually very good friends with Christopher Nolan. And Christopher Nolan saw Joss Whedon's Justice League and he told him, don't watch this movie. It's not good. You're going to be ashamed watching when, it. When Christopher Nolan's saying something like that, you you listen up. Exactly. Christopher Nolan is like one of the greatest storytellers of just like solo encapsulated movies. The only movies that he's done where it's like sequels is the Dark Knight trilogy. And even that in itself is one of the greatest trilogies of all time. We'll talk about that at some time too. Yeah. It's, it's up there for greatest trilogies of all time. But so... Zack Snyder was on the social media app and he had been telling his fans how he had all these plans for this original Justice League movie, the first one, and then Justice League two and three. And people were then protesting on Twitter saying, release the Snyder cut, release the Snyder cut. So COVID hit then back in 2020 and a couple months go by. And I think it was in like April. Well, so a little backtracking before COVID had actually Zack Snyder had confirmed to the whole world. Basically he's like, for those of you who are asking the Snyder cut does exist. And he had a picture of the film reel and there was a two or three film reels of what he had shot from the movie for his justice league movie. And people were like, this movie actually exists. And this was in October of 2019. I think COVID hits then in 2020 and it's around April or May and there's a post on social media from Warner Brothers Media, black and white picture of Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League will be airing on HBO Max in 2021. And it was kind of crazy to see because the fans of Zack Snyder and the DCEU had basically just forced this movie to be made because they were like, this original Justice League that you made, Justice League or Joss Whedon's Justice League, is terrible. And we want to see the actual vision of this movie. And here we are now, a month and a half later after the Snyder Cut has been released. And you have not seen you have not seen the original Justice League. No, because you came home and you're like, that movie was garbage. I hated that movie. I'm never going to see it again. You- don't watch it. Don't even waste your time. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to watch it. And then I saw reviews. I'm like, this looks, and then I watch clips from it. I'm like, this looks terrible. Not to even, even to mention though, like during that movie, Henry Cavill, who plays Superman was filming mission impossible at the time. And he had a mustache and he had to do reshoots for justice league. And they did this horrible CGI mustache removal. And it's ugh. his mom was, was moving around his face. It was so weird. It was, but not like was, a normal way. It was like, yeah, it was just abysmal. It looked so, so bad. But the Snyder Cut then, or Zack Snyder's Justice League, but we'll just call it the Snyder Cut because it makes it easier for us. But the Snyder Cut was released finally, and the original Justice League movie was two hours long. Joss Whedon's was. Warner Brothers Media had said that the movie needs to be under two hours, and I, th- I think it was an hour 59, but two hours, whatever. Zack Snyder's Justice League was a whopping four hours long. And after seeing the movie, 
it warrants a four hour time. Oh yeah. Time length. And we're, we're going to talk about that. It's watching a director's cut of a movie and the studio's cut of the movie. It is night and day seeing how completely different these two movies are. And while we run through this and start talking about things that happen in the Snyder cut compared to Joss Whedon's justice league, I'll be like talking about how, Oh yeah, this didn't happen in the original. And I don't know how much you know about the differences in the movie. So I'm hoping you don't know a whole lot so I can like tell you and you're like, what the hell? Why was that not in the movie? Yeah. I've only seen a few things. There are a few things on this list that I've seen that I saw like differences in like on YouTube, but it's, it's crazy just because like it got to a point where Warner brothers media was, I don't want to say bullied into making this movie, but they kind of were because it represents more than just like a movie to people. It represents how a studio interfering with a director's creative vision and what they have planned for a series of movies and just a singular movie in itself. It shows how, if a studio can get involved with it and sort of meddle with what the directors is trying to create, how it can just ruin a movie and make it terrible. And it's, I think the greatest example of it is with Zack Snyder's justice league, because as I said earlier, Warner brothers was not very pleased with how his other two movies had been received financially and critically. And they're like, Oh, well, we're just going to do what we think is best when actually they didn't know what was best. And it appears that Zack Snyder's justice league was actually the way to go. So you want to talk, you want to start talking about the Snyder cut? What we think about it? Yeah. It's, that movie, it's it's not you can't even like call Zack Snyder's Justice League like a movie. It's like an event because mm-hmm. like th- up until its release, like everybody was talking about it. They're like, oh. dude, this night, this Zack Snyder's Just- Snyder cut, it's coming out. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was stupid amped for it because I got on a DC kick probably or like a month before. I got on a huge DC kick and I was like, Oh, I was like, I was learning more about it. I'm like, Oh, this sounds awesome. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I, um, after seeing the original justice league and then seeing the trailers before, like before this movie came out and they released the first trailer for Zack Snyder's justice league. I saw the first trailer and I was like, Oh my God, there was literally only like three shots from the original movie and everything else is completely different now. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you did because when you got really excited about it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is this is gonna be good." <laughs> like I was always excited for it, and like after a while, I was sort of like, "Yeah, let's release the Snyder Cup." But I never thought it was gonna happen. I didn't think three years later I'd be sitting down making a podcast and talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League on it. But here we are. Here we are. Here we are talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League and you could tell through all the trailers that they released for the movie you're like oh this is not the same movie at all no like because they did like little character trailers mm-hmm. right because they had like one for Batman one for Wonder Woman I swear I watched the dark side one like five times like five times after it came out like in like a successively or um, consecutively mm-hmm his was easily the best character trailer out of all of them. All of them are great character trailers, but I don't, I don't want to start talking because you mentioned dark side and I don't want to get too far into this, but let's, let's start with just the opening of the movie. So oh my God. dude, I was like, 
because I hadn't seen how the original Justice League opened, and I knew it was like it was not what this was because I heard people were like, because I didn't start the movie until a few days after it was released because my roommate wanted to watch or I wanted to watch it with one of my roommates, and I was hearing it was like just like. I, I, can you believe they like switched the opening scene and jo- and like from this to the one they had in Joss Whedon's Justice League? And I was like, what's this opening scene? And so it picks the opening scene picks up like right at the end of Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. when Superman is killed, like when he's fighting Doomsday. And it's like him letting out this scream. And like it's like a shockwave that goes around the earth. Mm-hmm. And it like awakens the mother boxes and it, like the, the coolest thing was a sam when he was watching this he was like he's like this is such a cool concept i'm like what he's like the most powerful being on earth dies and awakens cosmic forces on the earth like that is how he's like he's like that is how powerful superman is mm-hmm. like that's like shows how powerful he so he so awakens the mother boxes in the stone residence which is a uh, victor stone yeah like Victor, Stone, Victor stone's yeah. house when we say the stone residence we not mean we don't mean like stone like like rocks but rocks we mean victor stone and silas stone yeah and then themiscira which is the home of the amazons it awakens in atlantis and i thought the funniest part about this was <laughs> the, the stark difference between like the locations of all the mother boxes so like Themyscira or the home of the Atlanteans, it or not the Atlanteans, the Amazon, the Amazonians. It like it hits the box and starts shaking, and all of these Amazonians are like primed and ready to fight it. Then you like switch to Atlantis and it like shakes and it but it like it's on like a pedestal, like it looks like important. But in the stone residence, it's just like tucked away in this closet and like shakes and it moves, and like Victor Stone just looks at it and he's like, oh whatever. And he like turns around and starts to do something else. It's like it's very sort of different sh- levels of security for every single <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it sort of shows just like how like other people take threats like man because the stone residence victor stone like they sort of represent man of the world and then yeah. the Thamascarians represent the amazonians and they're like this is like a serious threat and the atlanteans are like this is a serious threat and then we have the stones who are like eh. <laughs> we'll talk about it later when like the origins of the mother boxes i wrote a note i how hilarious i find the origins of the mother boxes, but what did you like? What did you take away from the opening scene? Well, so the original opening scene for Joss Whedon's Justice League was two kids filming Superman, and they're like, "What's your favorite thing about being on Earth?" And it was it was like a cute little cheesy scene, but it was ruined because Henry Cavill's mustache was CGI'd off, and his mouth wasn't moving at all. And I was like, "Yeah, I was like, yeah, I guess this is kind of cool because Superman's dead now." But that was in Joss Whedon's, and this one it picks up right when Superman is dying and it gives you like a different perspective on it. Like it's like, this is what happens while Superman is dying because he's not only the most powerful being on the planet, he's probably, he's like up there in the universe as one of the most powerful beings, but it shows just his reverberations and like hit the ripple effect of him dying and how it affects the entire planet. Yeah. Which I think is I think it's a really cool, like you had said, had, how Sam had mentioned to you, it's a really cool concept because like you don't really think of those sort of things when the movie happens. So it's like, I'm glad that they like took the time to actually, sh- that Zack Snyder actually took the time to show you and like set up these mother boxes because later in the movie, then they like talk about why the mother boxes have awoken. So that was just, that's just the opening scene for the movie. And if you can't tell it, this movie is completely different. 
It's like a I, I couldn't. I, I had no clue. I had no clue it was different. But like I was like, oh, this is cool. I like this. Yeah. So then we start in Act One, and like so, this movie is split. This since it's four hours long, it's not like just gonna run. I mean, it runs straight through, but it's split up into four like chapters. Six. Um. Th- oh yeah, six plus an epilogue, but um. So like yeah, you have six chapters, and it's like so you can kind of split up and watch it. So the first one is like so it says chapter one, and it says don't count on it, Batman. And like this chapter basically is it's Bruce Wayne who like promised superman he's like while he's dying he's like i will assemble a t- group of people to defend the planet like you swore you would so he's like trying to recruit recruit arthur curry who is jason momo who's playing arthur curry who is aquaman and oh my oh, dude jason momo what a what a gorgeous man <laughs> i swear this podcast is going to turn into me like just completely fanboying over like beautiful men who i wish it could be but like dude he's so jacked he's got cool tattoos he's got gorgeous hair and gorgeous eyes and he's just like hey he's like cool he's like (laughs) he could totally steal any woman from any person he could steal me from my woman oh my god he's so gorgeous regardless so yeah he's so he's trying to like like get him on his side but like aquaman's a drunk he's just like coming out of the oceans just like slamming like rum and he's like slamming on the ground and slow motion. And it looks really cool. And the music that plays, they, Zach Snyder loves the slow motions in this movie. I it's, think, dude, 10% of the movie is slow mo. Or like, I, I read no, somewhere yeah. it's like 12% of the movie is slow motion. It's, it's like 20 minutes of the movie is in slow motion. It's good. I like slow motion. At times it gets a little unnecessary, but yeah, it's whatever. It's, it's an event. It's not a movie. Listen, <laughs> I was in the theater. I'd be like, "This is stupid," but like, I'm like, "I'm a, I'm a part of an event." Oh, I wish this came out in theaters. So, what did you pull from Bruce Wayne and Aquaman meeting each other right away? It's, I feel like it was kind of like very generic. It's like, "Hey, join, well, help us out." And he's like, "No, I don't want to." Well, it it was cool because when he's going to find Aquaman at this uh, village that he's at, like he has to ride a horse to get into there because of the weather being so poor and he can't just like fly in because he's Bruce Wayne and has all the money in the world. So like it shows that like it's not just like some easy place where you can access Aquaman and he doesn't even know for certain if Arthur Curry is Aquaman. He's like a sneaking suspicion. He's like the world's greatest detective. He's Batman. So he he's like not just going to go without a hunch, but I, I thought it was a, it was way better than I'm, I'm at this point, I'm just going to like start referencing the differences, but like in the justice in Joss Whedon's justice league, he was like trying to bribe him. And he was like, I hear you can talk to fish Arthur Curry. And it was just bad jokes and terrible lighting and exposure was bad. It, It was just terrible. And this, it, fits like the darker tone superman is dead we're trying to build a team like will you join me and it was i thought it was a pretty cool scene it was like a good way to open it but we once we like got towards the end of that scene where aquaman was like kind of like i don't want to join you i'm gonna go do my own thing we reached like one of the few scenes in the movie where i was like this could have definitely been cut it's so weird which was Aquaman was like walking in the water to like go swim away. And Bruce Wayne was like watching him swim away. And all of a sudden there's like these group of like women and people from the village behind him singing. It was some so reason. weird. Like I actually, I started laughing. I was like, what are, what is going on right now? Cause like he's going in the water and like this lady's going like, I'm in and like, 
It's like, what is happening right now? <laughs> like, I kind of understood it because he comes in on the King Tide, I think, and he like provides like food for them and everything. He's like and a he myth. protects yeah. them. Yeah. I got that, but then like it went on for like 30 seconds to a minute or something. It was, it was long. Like, I was like, all right, we could we could definitely shorten this down a bit. But that's like one of the few scenes where I was like, you could definitely like cut this out because i was like I, it was cool to see like people like worship aquaman when like the rest of the world doesn't even really know that aquaman he's not even technically called the aquaman i think at this point but it was just cool seeing like people sort of worship him even though bruce wayne is kind of like who the hell are you yeah he's like i need your help <laughs> i need your help but that was bruce meeting aquaman dude and then we get the most beautiful woman on planet earth gal gadot <laughs> playing wonder woman so like she like this is like it's kind of it's a classic like this whole act one is very like generic these are your heroes this is where they're do- what they're doing right now so like long story short wonder woman saves a group of school children from like a bunch of terrorists who like trying to blow up a building what is can, so she can fly and she can run she's like basically like superman without heat vision She's the fem. She's the counterpart to Superman, basically. Okay. She's the female like, version of Superman. Has she always been able to fly? Yes. In in every single like iteration of Wonder Woman, she's been able to fly. I'm pretty sure she had. I I can't think of a time where she hasn't been able to. I mean, like in her solo movie, she wasn't able to. And then in Wonder Woman '84, she flew. So okay, because she can run so fast. Like I just remember, like she's got those. Uh, uh what what are the gauntlets the gauntlets of freedom or i don't know there's a cool name for them but like yeah she's like running and blocking bull- okay first off if you're gonna build gauntlets that can block bullets you're telling me that's like you can't build maybe like a chest plate it's too <laughs> heavy helmet. it's too heavy it's too heavy that's what that yeah. i don't know Oh, that's well, okay whatever so there she's got gauntlets on she's like running and blocking bullets in front of every person and like I also thought it was kind of funny because like, it's like, imagine like just like running, you have to like block something with your forearm, but you have to run really fast and like catch every single bullet with your forearm. But like, it was badass. And she got the whole new song where it's like, I really liked like her guitar riff one where it's like, it's like, I, I think that song goes so hard, but like they, they kind of, they, did they play it? They played it in this movie. I think at one point. Yeah. They, I think they only used it like once or twice. Cause I lost my mind when it played. I was like, this is awesome. But like they changed her like songs. So like whenever Wonder Woman's on screen, it's like this, like this lady going, yeah. <laughs> like what is, it was so, but like it was cool. But like, it's just like, it's like anytime Wonder Woman does anything in this movie. Now that song plays and like, everyone i've talked to that watches that's seen this movie complains about it and i'm like it gets a little yeah. it gets a little annoying at points i saw a meme where it's like it's like it's one of those things like wonder woman starts to take a dump and then it's like justice like and then it's like the song playing and it's like some guy just going like looking around he's like mm-hmm. why is this playing right now i've seen that same thing it was so funny but regardless she's cool that yeah no that fight scene with her again so i in joss whedon's justice league it was not nearly as engaging as this one because in joss whedon's justice league she fought a lot slower like they slowed down her fighting tactics i think and they made her seem less like powerful 
in this one, everything that like happens, mind you, the color palette is completely different. Like in Joss Whedon's, it was bright and didn't, it was like, this is weird. This doesn't look natural. And this one, it would look darker. So it kind of fits with his other movies and like the tone of the, the movie mm-hmm. and the universe. But in this, when she started fighting, she felt way more powerful. Like you actually felt the power of like being a wonder woman, which like, yeah. I was like, I really like this. And it was just, it was one of those scenes where I was like, she actually feels like a superhero. Cause like she's saving all of these people in this like museum that's about to get blown up or shot up because Bruce Bolton guy or whoever, whatever that actor name was, that was going to blow up. The museum was like, the world needs to be reset. Or something, I don't remember. It's like, cool cool story, bro. Okay, we've heard it a hundred different times from people more powerful than you. Let's let's calm down here with these illusions of grandeur. It it was so dumb. But yeah, she's always been able to fly. And she has like that amazing, like just she's blocking all the bullets while he's trying to shoot the hostages. And she's like running through. And there's this great scene because then this i don't i don't remember what the line was that Bruce bolton guy says to her i remember in justice league he's like i don't believe it what are you and she's like a believer she says that in joss Whedon's. i don't think she doesn't say that in this one right uh not that i i can't remember off the top of my head yeah i i don't remember but so she like she knocks him um out of the building basically just massacres him kills him but um after that, the one of this uh, hostage girls, like it's like a school of like, it was a school field trip, and there's like a bunch of like little girls and little boys in this trip, and there's this little girl who um, like goes up to Wonder Woman and like, I don't remember exactly what she says to her, but um, Wonder Woman, she's like, I want to be you or something, and Wonder Woman says to this little girl, she's like, you can be anything you want to be, and I got like super emotional seeing that. I'm like, this is so just like. It's Zack Snyder. It's it's total Zack Snyder. He's like, because he, Zack's a champion of like anybody. He's like male. They're not, well, not really male. Cause like we're, we're guys. It's fine. <laughs> we don't need to be championed, but like he champions like females and like people of color. Cause like, we'll talk about it later, but how like he, he want, there's a character who appeared or who was supposed to appear, but wasn't allowed to appear. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I don't want, and they were a person of color. And he's like, well, I'm not going to remove a person of color from this movie. So you either let me do this person or you give me, or you allow me to do this viable alternative, but like, I'm not budging on this. Yeah. I, I looked it up. The girl had said to wonder woman after she saved him, she said, can I be like you someday? And wonder woman says to her, you can be anything you want to be. And I, I get emotional seeing this stuff. So I'm like, this is so like good to see like female empowerment in like such a well, like it's just written so well. And the dialogue flowed so well. And Gal Gadot is such a great example for being like an icon for young girls to look up to. Like I've, I love her. I love Ray and star Wars and Captain Marvel is a good example as well. Ahsoka Tano as well. It's just, they're great examples to look up to. And Wonder Woman saying to her, like you can be anything you want to be just, it makes me emotional. Cause I'm like, this makes me so happy seeing this, but yeah, that, that whole scene was great. Yeah. And then moving on from Wonder Woman, we start to, we see, I, I love like the opening. I like, it was cool. It's like, okay, cool. Batman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Cool. 
then we see Steppenwolf show up and take the mother box from the Amazonians on Themyscira. Steppenwolf is the main villain for this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't explain. Yeah. Steppenwolf is so. Who? Well, who's Steppenwolf? And like, what? What? What role does he play? He is. I'm not super familiar with him, but uh, he's sort of this lower level worker for this other character named Darkseid who we'll talk about later on when we get introduced to him in the movie but Steppenwolf is sort of taking planets back for Darkseid and he's sort of trying to like expand his empire yeah expand this empire and take control of these worlds so he knows that these three mother boxes that he's looking for are on earth and he I don't remember exactly how he gets there. I, I'm not super familiar, but he is this incredibly powerful alien super being. I think he was, I don't know if he was a new God, but that'd be cool. It would be, I don't remember exactly. And I'm sure I'm going to get hazed. Well, Granny goodness is a new God, correct? She is. Okay. Yeah. So I, he might be, he might is be. Is possible. Is Desaad a new God? Again, I don't know that exactly either. But we, we we should explain what a mother box is before we like get any further in this because we've referenced mother boxes a few times, but like but like so yeah. like the mother boxes are like three like cosmic like I guess not entities, but like objects that like when they're like combined and they're built like put together in the unity, they can remake a planet in whatever the wielder of the three mother boxes vision is, correct? yes okay yeah so that's essentially what the mother boxes are they have like other cool roles um for like for example cyborg it comes from a mother box we'll talk about that later i feel like we say we say like we'll talk about that later a lot because like there's a lot of there's a lot of four hours there's a lot of content Mm -hmm. but we're trying to condense down this four hours very into the things we loved exactly but but um so steppenwolf i thought it was was funny right away because like so all of the Amazonians are like around this mother box. They're like ready to throw down and Steppenwolf's and all the parademons, the parademons who are like his little henchmen show up and like they're shooting. The Amazonians are shooting bows, bow and arrows at them. And like, they're just ripping them apart with like space guns. It's like, I understand you're Amazonians. I understand like, yes, we are a warrior culture. It's like, but you couldn't like have updated your armory just a little bit from yeah. like cavalry and like bows and arrows. But like, we well, see this is where we see like steppenwolf like like i didn't know anything about steppenwolf coming into this movie i you said he sucked in the joss whedon's justice league and i was like cool i don't have high hopes and if she showed up he looked so freaking menacing he was enormous he had like this cool armor that like fluttered it was like a scale armor yeah, but it was like, it fluttered and like it was reactive armor to like his body or whatever and like it just like kept changing sort of like it like flickered and everything it was completely different to how he looked in joss whedon's justice league because i think warner brothers said he looked too scary or something or too i saw yeah he they did say something because they they, i saw a picture of what he looked like in joss whedon's justice league and it was oof he was a quarter of what he is in this not even he's like a fifth or a tenth of like how incredibly badass he looks in this yeah. it was he insane. looks like he's here to take your planet <laughs> but 
So yeah, when Ste- when Steppenwolf comes in, he says to them, the Amazonians, that the parademons can like smell their fear and they can sense it. And there's this sick line that the Amazonians say back where uh, Wonder Woman's mom, I don't know, again, I don't know what her name was exactly, but it's Wonder Woman's mom, yeah, the queen of the Amazonians says to the other Amazonians who are protecting the mother box, she's like, show him your fear. And they're all like, we have no fear. And it was just, it was so dope. I'm not like doing justice explaining it or like yeah. trying to like imitate their lines, but it was, I loved it. Cause I was like, this is just like a great buildup for this massive battle that's about to happen. Yeah, it was. Yeah. The, Cause Amazon is just, they throw down like they're they do. I <laughs> mean, mean like, business, but like, because like, we know the Amazon women. shout out powerful women in the world <laughs> y'all rock <laughs> but um even though that all this group of extraordinary powerful women exist steppenwolf mows them down mm-hmm. like he's just like hey cool story bro but like i'm here for that mother box and like you kind of got to give it to me well so it's worth mentioning that this movie was rated r and you don't really notice it because it doesn't feel like it's rated R. What? What are you talking uh, about? Uh, exactly. It's so crazy that this movie has an R rating because like it doesn't feel like it's a rated R movie. Wait, the hold old- up. You don't think it's a, you didn't feel like it was rated R. It felt like a like a very graphic PG-13 movie to me. Um like it it wasn't super bloody and like violent. It just yeah. felt like there was a couple scenes where you saw the blood off of characters that were like being thrown at walls and that stuff. Yeah. But like I I feel like I've seen worse and worse things in PG thirteen movies, I feel like at times where it's like, oh, well, they that were looks cussing painful. quite a bit in this movie from time to time. Okay, so then if you want to say language is why like I guess the language like fits in with it, but just based off of like combat and like violence, I was like, this feels fairly mild, especially for a rated R Zack Snyder movie where, Oh yeah. I guess compared to 300, this movie's pretty tame. Well, and Watchmen where people's fingers and hands are getting blown off left. And I right. have to watch Watchmen. I, I have not and seen Dr. Manhattan. The, yeah. I saw the HBO Watchmen ter- series, but I have not seen Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Would you well, recommend it? I would. I mean, did you watch the director's cut? Sorry, guys, this is a total tangent, but like, did you watch the director's cut or did you watch the original cut? I think I saw the original. I may have saw. The, I don't know. Caleb always wanted me to watch the director's cut. We always, we always watched the scene where Doctor Manhattan is walking through Vietnam, just blowing the, up everyone's head, and then it's playing Flight of the Concords or whatever. Um, it's not Flight of the Concords. It's Flight of the Valkyries. Uh, same thing. Flight of the Concords is a parody band on YouTube. Ah, uh, they're the same thing. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. But, but regardless, it's basically like Steppenwolf mowing down the Amazons. <laughs> yeah, it was not a challenge for him. And long story short, he steals the first mother box of three from them. So ends chapter one. Don't count on a Batman. I we should I should say don't count on a Batman is something Aquaman says to him. He's like, We need your help. Okay, something. I, I can I can I rely on you? It's like, don't count on it, Batman. It's like, yeah, the title for all of the acts, like they say the word of like the phrase. Yeah. So an act two or act two is called the age of heroes. They say later on, it's like it was an age of heroes. So but, yeah, 
this is like when like i really really like this is like i was like i've like because in the first chapter i was like okay cool so like steppenwolf was kind of cool everybody else was cool but i was like i really came to like steppenwolf in the second act like he was like he had i will say the line later but like mm-hmm. this is where i really came to like steppenwolf and we're also introduced to victor stone and his father what's his father's name is it sly silas silas yeah so we learn how about like how um he was like <sighs> you get they, more they, backstory they, for victor yeah, we, yeah, because is is backstory is provided in Act Three, correct? Um, Beloved mother, beloved yeah. son. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but this one, like, so we see, like, we meet Victor Stone, and he's already cyborg, and like he, like he hates his dad. He's like, "Shut up, dad! You made me a monster." He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, son." But um, so like you kind of see that, and you're like, "Okay, well, this is kind of weird." But like, how did you think that? Because like we've seen you and I have seen Young Justice, and we see. Yeah, his relationship with his father and that yeah. as well. How do you and compare that? I think it's it's I think it's done very well because it's difficult to mess it up because basically from what you have is you have a father who cares about his son very much, but it's not shown in his actions because Victor is like a football player and he plays for Gotham University and his dad never goes to his games because he's focused on his science work and his research. And it's gets to a point where Victor is about to die and his father saves him. So it's, you sort of see the resentment that Victor has for his father because he's a machine basically. And he's like, how could you do this to me? And like, you sort of see that dynamic between them. And I think in both young justice and in this, it's done very well because you sort of see how, they re- they sort of adapt to one another. You see how Victor starts to understand Silas's perspective, and Silas starts to understand Victor's perspective from like where they're both coming from and where their frustrations are. Well, more it's Victor's one who has more of the frustrations with Silas. Silas yeah, was bit. doing, yeah, Silas was doing what he thought was best to save his son. He was doing the only thing that he knew to save his son. But classic I, angsty child vibes. Yeah, minus the fact that he was turned into a cyborg. <laughs> yeah basically so we then like this this act this chapter like act is like it's a big exposition i feel like it's, the, it's, yeah, there's a the lot fir- of exposition the first three acts of this movie are a lot of like world building and exposition for our characters because yeah we, we haven't even met some of our like main leaguers yet so. exactly yeah um so for like this like we have like Aquaman who's like back in Atlantis and he's like looking at the tomb or like the statue of his father, like being king. And then Willem Dafoe shows up. He's in this movie. I, was, I did not know Willem Dafoe is in this movie. And he like shows up. He's like, you must take your place as the king. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be the king. And so like they, you know, what I thought was funny about the Atlanteans was every time they talked to each other, they like made a little air bubble to talk. And it's like, wait a minute, you guys like live underwater. Why do you need an air bubble? To, I mean, obviously there's like CGI and like caught money and costs. And it's like, but like, it's like, <laughs> it was hilarious because every time they wanted to talk to each other, they just made this air bubble. They both went into and they just like talked to each other. It's like, what is going on right now? Yeah, it it's weird because in the Aquaman movie, they can talk to each other underwater and they don't need to make those air bubbles. So I was like, uh, there's some continuity errors that we're having right now, but it's, it's whatever. So then this, 
Yeah, we sort of it. glossed over, yeah, but Wonder Woman, uh, she ends up in a tomb as well at one point because... That's what I was going to get into next, yeah. Yeah, she receives a warning signal from her Amazonians. So Wonder Woman left Themyscira, which is the home of the Amazons. And once you leave Themyscira, you can't go back, basically. Like, you can't come back into the world. So Wonder Woman left in her solo movie for saving the world of man because there was a great war and she wanted to save humanity. But so she gets this warning signal from uh, her mother. She sends this flaming arrow, which when you send this arrow, it's like a sign of invasion. So she goes to investigate this and she's like, this arrow hasn't been lit for, I don't think it's ever been lit in Wonder Woman's lifetime. So she's starting to do some research at this. It was in Rome, not Rome. It was in Greece. Greece? Yeah. No, she was in France. Yeah, she was. She was in France when she saw the warning single released, and then she went to Greece where it was, and she was at uh, Athens, Greece. That's where it was. And um, she finds this like ancient tomb thing where this is where. It was just a little funny nitpick I had. She's has to jump down to this tomb from a very high level, which when I say high, I mean like it seems like it's like a hundred foot drop or something. She makes this jump in high heels. Yeah. And they don't break. <laughs> I'm like, there's no chance those heels did not fucking survive that. Super, super strong high heels. Yeah. The Wonder Woman approved these it's like a it's like an ad it's like these high heels have been jumped in by wonder woman down 100 feet you don't think these heels can hold you hold you up this held an amazonian jumping down 100 feet honestly i was like this is crazy but so she goes to this tomb and we start to see pictures on the wall as she's uncovering it and she sees these figures and ancient drawings of the previous invasion that had occurred on earth with the mother boxes where the Amazonians, the Atlanteans and the world of man had to come together to fight this all powerful being called dark side, who we mentioned earlier, who had came to earth and tried to use the mother boxes to take over the world and make it his own. But she sort of was doing a little more exposition work there, which I thought was fine. It, was slow again but it was she was telling batman about this correct she was because like she like showed up she's like hey and he's like hey and she he's like what's going on she's like we're all about to die (laughs) (laughs) yeah she starts talking to bruce about like what the it was called the defiance and basically what the defiance was um when darkseid came to invade with the mother boxes the world of man, Amazons, um, Atlanteans, and all the heroes of the earth at this time, which was like thou- like 5,000, 6,000 years ago from this point in the timeline, uh, Darkseid had come to take over earth with his mother boxes because it had the anti-life equation on there. And the anti-life equation is basically, to summarize it very briefly, it basically just makes everyone your slaves and they will do what your bidding is. Basically it makes them fall under your control in a very just quick, brief way to explain it. That is quite anti-life. Yeah. It's 
it basically takes away your choices that you can make as a person. So anti-life, if you sort of get that, but we see this really cool fight scene then between um, dark side and the heroes of earth. We see Zeus and the old gods. We see Ares. Um, who's the person that shoots arrows? What was Apollo. that? Apollo. I think we see him as well. And we, I mean, I mentioned Zeus, but oh man, that dude was built like a freight train. He, he was so jacked. I mean, obviously he's Zeus. Like the guy's going to play Zeus is going to be jacked, but he was so jacked. He was like, mm-hmm. that man was juiced to the gills and you cannot tell me otherwise. Yeah, it was. His traps had traps. And I was like sitting there like, Are you kidding me? Come on. Come yeah. on, bro. He was built, but. Shooting lightning out of his hands. We also see um, a green lantern in this fighting montage from 6,000 years ago. Do you know who that Green Lantern? I don't know who that Green Lantern was. Do you know who that was? Because I know people were saying, people sent a name online, but I can't remember the name. Yeah, he was like some like monkey Green Lantern. Like I wasn't exactly certain who he was, so I can't really say. I'd have to think about it. But okay, yeah, yeah. But Green Lanterns are cool, even though the movie sucked. Yeah, they they didn't have a very good movie, but not at all. But like they, they, they're briefly in this, but this Green Lantern, he was like, I'm gonna take on Dark Side one on one. I we keep mentioning Dark Side, and it's worth to mention at this point, Dark Side is like the Thanos of the DC universe, basically meaning he is incredibly powerful. He, he's, he's so strong. Yeah, he I'm not sure if he's considered a new god at this point because for those of you who are very hardcore DC fans, at this point in the story, he's called Euxus, which is baby Darkseid. And he switches from Euxus to Darkseid because he gains the Omega powers, which gives him Omega beams. And he can basically shoot laser beams that go in like any direction and kill them and kill a person and send them back in time or do any sort of crazy thing to them. But <clears throat> Darkseid is basically just amped up to if power levels aren't a scale of one to 10 dark side is basically amped up to a hundred. That's how powerful he is. Yeah. It's also another cool note is I learned that like Thanos who everybody's like, Oh, cause I can already like people. Are like, oh, this is just like Thanos. This is like lame. It's like Thanos was based on dark. Off side. Of, yep. Yeah. He was like, he is yeah, like he, Thanos is ripped straight off of dark side. So like, I don't want to hear anybody being like, uh, I don't know. I don't like dark side. He just felt like Thanos. It's like, listen, read the literature, son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, dark side is just, he's, he's mad OP, but so the heroes of earth at this point actually stop the mother boxes from forming this thing called the unity, which basically makes the current planet that they're on into the invaders planet. It like replicates it. So dark side's home planet is called apocalypse, which is basically hell. It's like a, a earth version of hell There's fire coming out of the ground. And it's just all it's sad. All, yeah. It's, demons looks very hot and not enjoyable to be it there. It looks like hell. Yeah. But the heroes of earth stop him. Um, and he gets sent back to, he, he almost dies, basically, and he gets sent back to his homeworld, Apocalypse, which at this point, he's still called Euxus, and the anti-life equation is still on Earth at this point. 
but he sort of forgets this because Zack Snyder had said on the social media app to someone that when he went back to his homeworld, there was this war that broke out on there and he forgot about it and it had been thousands of years. And I was like, okay, that's kind of a lame it's way of explaining. Wavy. It's very hand wavy, but yeah, regardless, like, he forgets where Earth is and that it has the anti-life equation. And it was just its own thing. But Wonder Woman finishes up telling the story to Bruce and she's like, it was truly an age of heroes. And they're like, well, we got to get the group back together because there's no chance we can survive this against Steppenwolf. We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission mission from God. God. The funniest part, not the funniest part, but I thought it was hilarious. There's so many like little parts in this movie that I just like geeked out laughing at. Um, so like there, there are three mother boxes. So like the Amazonians took one, the Atlanteans took one and the humans, like the men, like men, like, by men we mean male female or inclusive mm-hmm. the world but of like, man people that aren't atlanteans and amazons exactly just normal normal dudes so like the amazonians and atlanteans they like protect like the, they like put them in like fortresses like something to protect <laughs> and then it's just pit, like and then it cuts to the humans doing and they're just like now we're just gonna bury it in the ground <laughs> <laughs> i swear to god like in every movie like when like people get some like let's just bury it in the ground over here yeah so like, like they just bury this mother box in the earth and it's like amazonians have a whole temple built around it the atlanteans have like a whole pedestal and like area and then humans are like let's go find a forest and bury this crap yeah not a very smart idea because well i mean it worked out better for them because the box of man was the last one that stefan wolf got so i mean yeah who came out take on top that. <laughs> take that stupid dudes chilling in whenever yeah. burying boxes in the ground so ends <laughs> chapter three act, th- or ch- act no. two <laughs> act two chapter two which moves us into chapter three beloved mother beloved son which really introduces us to the shining stars of this movie and i know you have been hot yeah. on this character since like the movie came out you're like i love the flash yeah. so i'll let you talk about there were two characters this movie that had way more screen time and way more character development. And one of them was the flash. <sighs> I do not understand how in the original justice league movie from Joss Whedon, how they just made him comic relief in a complete imbecile. And he was like, Duh, what is brunch? And this is, I'm afraid of bugs and really tall people. It's like, this is really stupid. But so we're introduced to Barry Allen, the flash and he's in central city and he's trying to get a job at this point. And it's kind of cool because in the flash TV show, we see Barry Allen like already being sort of successful and sort of a trying to adapt to his superpowers. But with this, we Barry's already adapted to superpowers, but he's trying to adapt to like getting a job and like getting his foot in the door to like in the real world. And, He's interviewing with this uh, dog, doggy daycare sort of place. And while it's happening, there's this woman that is his love interest in the comics, Iris West. And she's driving her car and there's a semi barreling down the road. And he's trying to grab this hamburger or something. And he loses track of the road and crashes into her car where she launches out of the air 
And then everything starts to go slow-mo and Barry's sort of like time to go super speed time. And it's so cool because you don't think of these things until you watch them. And Zack Snyder does these things, which makes me happy. But when Barry sees that she's flying out of her car and she's about to like die from crashing onto the pavement when yeah, it's turned into a human meatball yeah or like it yes yeah, smushed by her car he like processes everything really fast like he doesn't slow time down but he just like we're goes really fast to, well yeah we're introduced to his point of view yeah so what he does is like he turns his body and like runs out the glass and while he turns his body he's moving so fast that he bursts out of his tennis shoes which i'm like this makes sense because if you're moving this fast like your shoes would not stay on your feet i feel like i feel like you would rip out of them yeah probably not but then he like runs through the glass and like he pokes through it and like you see this cool ripple effect of the glass while it breaks and he saves her and it's kind of an awkward scene because he's looking at these i should mention the truck that this uh driver was carrying that this driver had was full of like hot dogs or something and no. yeah barry's like looking at iris while she's like flying through the air and he like grabs a couple hot dogs and puts them in his coat and then he saves <laughs> that her. was pretty funny yeah i was like that well so that's another thing like barry's humor in this movie like he's still sort of a comic relief in this movie but it's way more natural and it sort of fits his character better because barry has always been a quirky character in the comics he's always been fast and just like witty sort of He's he's a smart intellectual character, but he's never really been like your Batman where he's like leader and hard and like this is what we need to do. And he's never been like your Aquaman where he's badass or your Superman where he's like truth and justice. Barry. He's just like your normal guy sort of when like you look he's at all of the Justice League. Yeah. So he saves Iris and we just sort of get like introduced like how powerful Barry is. Mind you the scene was not in the original Joss Whedon justice league. Also mind you, everything that we said from act two was not in Joss Whedon's justice league either. So if you couldn't tell, like this entire movie is way, way, way different. If you couldn't tell this movie two hour long, two hours longer than the other one. Cause we're an hour into this podcast. We're not even done with half of the movie yet. Yeah. You could just watch the whole movie at this point. <laughs> yeah. But we're Barry is one of my favorite characters in this movie, and he has a couple more scenes that I'll wait to talk about. But yeah, so the next thing on this 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 movie's just so big. Like I can't remember all this. Stuff. I had to write notes down because I'm like, this movie's so long, and I've seen it once, and I skimmed through it writing some of these notes. Yeah, but like I let you do the first three acts because. It's e- it's easier if we break it up into three and three, yeah. Because I'll yeah, acts four through six. I had just actually just finished watching before we recorded this, so yeah. So in act three, so we see more like backstory on Victor Stone and who turns into the cyborg. So like you figure out, so like like because when we meet him initially, he's like he's already the cyborg and he hates his dad. He's like, shut up, dad, I hate you. Turn me into a monster. You know all about that. You you know all about creating monsters. And his dad's like, sorry, <laughs> saved your life. But because so he was like, um, so he was like the star football player. He was gonna go 
pro, yada, yada, yada. He's at the game with his, his mom came to the game. They're driving home and everything's going too well. And then they're hit by a truck and she's dead. And he's like mangled up to nothing. And Silas Stone shows up. He's like, I can save my son. Cause like he's doing research on mother boxes and he's like, okay, I can use this to save my son. So he takes Victor to this lab and he like, he hooks him up to this mother box and like the mother box builds like an entire integrated computer system into Victor stone, which like he turns into like the most, I think like realistic, like if you're to look at like impact on like human life existence, Victor stone is the most powerful care. Like cyborg is the most powerful character because he can manipulate money and banks accounts. He talks about, he has access to nuclear codes. He has access to like anything on the internet or like exists. Anything cyber Victor stone can touch and he can screw around with. And like, I think it's kind of cool because like you can, like they show like, cause like he, like they say like you can corrupt this power. You can't. Cause like you see him like give this mother in need or like that he knows of like, she has like $10 in her bank account. She has three kids. She's a single mom. She like can't put food on the table. And he's just like, all right, I'm gonna give her like 500 grand right now. It's like, he just like floats her 500 grand. She doesn't know what she's like, sees it in her bank account. She's like, oh my goodness. And like, you just see him do good stuff. So like, it shows how like incorruptible he is with power like this. Cause like he could have easily made himself or his friends rich, blah, blah, blah. But he saw this woman in need. It's really, it's like similar to Steve Rogers on the super soldier serum. Cause like we see in Falcon and winter soldier, like other people when they're on it, they're not as valid or like, uh, valid, va- va- um, um, valiant, valiant. And like, true and pure as like steve rogers and we see that with like cyborg because like he's like he's a good guy he's got a good head on his shoulders which is what i really like to see well silas says to him he's like it's not a question on if you can do it it's a question on what's he's like it's not a question like if you can do it it's a question on if you will do it because he's like you can do this it's just are you going to do this and with that woman you were talking about it was funny because it says congratulations you've won the gotham city fund or whatever and yeah she gets all this money she's like what the it was hilarious her kid's like what's going on mom she's like we're not poor anymore (laughs) yeah but at this point in the movie if you couldn't tell like our heroes are still like fairly scattered like batman and wonder woman have like sort of like met together at this point but they're sort of like scattered all across like Mm -hmm. the globe and like there's really no people like to protect this earth and we get one of like the greatest lines and this movie has so many goaded lines and Stephen Wolf has a n- number of them, but do you want to say the line or do you want me to? Is that the one from, I think I missed it from act two. Yeah. If you want to say it, you can, but Oh my God, I, I've sent you this clip like three different times over the last month. Yeah. When the trailer, like, yeah. When the trailer came out with this line, I was like, this is amazing. I love it. I love it. So he's like, so Steppenwolf is communicating back to Apocalypse. So he's talking to Desaad, who is one of like one of like um, Darkseid's right hand man. He's like his like little hench, the guy who talks to. He's like, he's like, you can talk to Darkseid when you've paid your debt. And Steppenwolf, he says, he's like, what does he say? He says, there are no protectors here, no lanterns, no Kryptonians. This world will fall, like all the others. And then like Desaad goes for Darkseid. And then Steph Wolf goes for dark side. Now you may be listening like these guys are nerds. I'm going to turn this off right now, but you have to imagine my voice is like way deeper and like, like super like 
warped and like cool sounding, but like he says those words and it sounds a lot cooler than it did me saying it into my microphone. But like it, like I was like, holy crap, this world's going to fall for dark. And like you and I have been texting each other. We're like, we'll finish conversations. And one of us is be like for dark side. And the other one just replies for dark side. Yeah. It's, it's such a sick line. And just where he's like, no protectors here. No lanterns, no Kryptonian. I'm like, oh, that's because it's true. Because Superman died, and there's like not really like a main protector. It's like who Batman? Well, he can't really do much by himself. Wonder Woman. I mean, she can't really do a whole lot by herself either. And like our superheroes, our leaguers of this Earth are all scattered. They haven't really formed the Justice League yet. So, but we start to see like them sort of forming together where. Batman goes to recruit Barry Allen after Barry has a scene with his father at um, prison. For those of you who aren't familiar with Barry's storyline, his father is in jail for the murder of Barry Allen's mother and Henry Allen, Barry's father, his wife. But Henry Allen didn't kill his wife. The reverse flash did, but his father got framed for it. And Barry's whole goal is to try and prove that his father is actually innocent. So we sort of see Barry visit his father in prison and his father's like, stop trying to break me out of jail. Do something else. You're one of the, he's like, you're one of the best kids out there. You're bright. Don't waste your time on me. Like I'm not worth your time. And Barry's like, don't ever say that to me again, dad. It's like, don't you ever tell me to not waste my time on you. You're my father. I love you. And it's just, it's a very heartwarming scene because in Joss Whedon's Justice League, it was made as a joke. So it's like, really? That's kind of lame. It's like this guy's dad's in jail for wrongfully convicted of murdering his wife. There's a lot of dead moms in this movie. It's kind of sad. Yeah. He got three already with Cyborg, Batman, and Flash. So. And Oh, no. No, Ma Kent isn't dead. Well, Superman's biological mom is dead. So. Yeah, he didn't know her. She, she didn't even have a role in Man of Steel, which is kind of sad. But. Yeah. but so Flash comes back from visiting his father in prison, and Batman is waiting in this warehouse where Barry is staying. And they have this like cool recruitment scene where he throws a battering at him, and Barry goes into his we go into Barry's perspective where everything slows down, and he realizes, oh, shoot, Bruce Wayne is Batman. And it's this like really cool, just unique scene. And one of the things that Joss Whedon's just did that I hated was he has this like rant about like other people being on the team. He's like, I need friends. And Bruce is like, yeah, there's going to be other people on the team. And then all of a sudden Barry in Joss Whedon's just, he's like, yeah, I don't really understand people like, like brunch. What is brunch? Like, you sit down and wait for a half an hour. Like, I just don't like brunch. And he goes on this rant about brunch and I'm watching this in 2017, Joss Whedon's justice league. Like I spent $8 to watch this movie right now. And I'm watching Barry Allen rant about brunch right now. This is such a waste of time. It's called comedy. And you wouldn't understand. Yeah. It was just so stupid, but they go and drive off then back to Gotham city and there's a little cool tidbit because there, as they drive off, there's this billboard that's in Central City where Barry lives. And it says, like, call to someone or, like, speak to someone. It's this billboard that's about suicide prevention. It's a hotline for it. And it's, it's a very nice, like, sort of 
message that Zack Snyder has in the movie yeah. for his because daughter. of his daughter. So it's it's very heartwarming. But for Autumn. Yeah. Um Okay, yeah. So after seeing I, I kind of saw I thought it was cool because like the way like Batman and like I feel like Batman and Barry Allen is like it's it's not exact like replica, but it's very similar to how Iron Man recruited Spider-Man for like the Avengers and stuff. It's like, hey, kid, like, I know you're cool. Da, 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 da. Not like in a father, like Bruce Wayne isn't Barry Allen's father figure, but like he's a role model for him to look up to. And like you see that in the movie, which is like really cool. And I thought it was kind of cool, like the parallels between the two of that. But then we get back to the man, the man, the myth, Steppenwolf, who has located a mother box in Atlantis, and he shows up and just lays lays waste to all of the Atlanteans. Like Aquaman, kind of tries, he kind of fights him, but like Steppenwolf's like, okay, cool, bro, hold my axe as I chuck it at you. He takes, so he takes the mother box and he boom tubes out of the Atlantis. And then this is where Aquaman's like, I need to help defend this. Cause like Amber Heard is in this movie and I, I'm not, even, I don't want to get into Amber Heard cause this is, that's a whole other can of worms to open. And I don't even want, I don't ever really want to talk about that. Yeah. But, she's frustrating, but she had a really cool fight scene with Steppenwolf she where she was like sucking like the blood, like out of Steppenwolf's face. And it's like, Oh, what the hell? Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was nuts watching that, but that that scene was really cool as well but also yeah. in well as i say also in act three well i forgot to mention this while well, batman was going to recruit flash wonder woman was off trying to recruit cyborg and she was like i understand like you hate the world and everything in the world turned its back on you but we need you there's this threat coming and we need to be ready for it and cyborg is like f the world He's, yeah, he says F. I'm not. I already said it once, but I'm not gonna say it again because I don't. I'm like, trying to get blacklisted. Yeah, but he cyborg says he's like F the world. I'm not gonna help you, and as, he basically flies off them with the mother box, and he's going to bury it then at I think at like his his own grave because when his mother died in that car accident, Victor Stone sort of died as well. So it's just a little cool mirror sort of metaphor yeah so and this is we are now approximately the halfway point of the movie yeah this last part though was like fighting and like i it's fairly quicker i this is where i have more things written down but it's easier for me to like knock this stuff through but act four begins and it's called so sorry what were you gonna say I was just going to say what it's called because it's their cool names. Oh, well, sorry. I'm saying what it's called. Yeah, go, go, ahead, go ahead. Go crazy. I just, I just finished act four five and six, but act four is called um the change machine. And right away, like the first three acts were all exposition and like world building. This picks up in Gotham city. We have all of our heroes united. So, well, not all of our heroes we have so far. We have Batman flash and wonder woman united right now and we pick up in gotham city and we have this sick shot of batman standing (sighs) on top of the gcpd like this um gargoyle great like grim reaper gargoyle sort of thing and he's like just it's this beautiful like upwards looking shot of batman and there's lightning going in the background and he's just like looking down and we see jk simmons jim gordon omni man himself 
Omni Man himself. He's not. It's Jim Gordon, but J.K. <laughs> Simmons. Batman, think. <laughs> but he says to them, these parademons have been stealing these people lately. And um, like you need to like find them. They've all gone in this one direction under Stryker's Island. And before they're about to dip, Cyborg comes in and he's like, they took another person. They took a ninth person, the head of Star Labs. The head of Star Labs is Silas Stone, Victor's father. And it shows how like Victor still actually cares about his father. Cause even when his father gets captured by these aliens, he's still like, I'm going to save you. Like, I care about you. You're my father. I still love you. And there's a funny then line that um, flash says to Batman as they're about to leave and go find these parademons under strikers Island. He says, he was like, is he going to ride with us? Because we're not all going to fit in your car. And I was like, that was, that was a funny line. Actually. I like that one. And then our heroes then go off to Stryker's Island to go save these hostages and see if Steppenwolf is with these parademons. And while they're going to like search some, this movie has a completely different tone and vibe because there's like punk rock sort of playing like while it's going. And you just like have this like wide assortment of like music that's like going on with this movie. You have like music that's specifically for Barry Allen, the flash you have music specifically for Wonder Woman. You have music specifically for Aquaman. You have music specifically for Superman spoiler when he comes back to life, but it's just sort of cool. Like seeing how each character has like their own unique thing, but our heroes get to under strikers Island and we see Steppenwolf with the hostages and we get to like one of one of like the greatest things that I think is in this movie because it just shows how powerful Superman is. The Flash says to Batman, he's like, man, I'm really missing Superman right about now. And it's like, yeah, Superman's a mad OP. So. Yeah, he could just kind of pull up and save everybody for them. Yeah, exactly. And Steppenwolf has these hostages in, and he's trying to find where this last mother box is because he has two of them. And he's about to kill one of the hostages, and we get to one of the best things from this movie. The heroes actually come in and save people compared to the original Justice League from Joss Whedon. And that one, they let like three people die as Barry was like, I'm afraid of bugs and tall people. And this one, like before the first person even like gets a drop of blood, before anyone even dies, they go in and save them immediately. And I'm like, why oh this is what heroes are supposed to do like this is the justice league they're saving people and it's it's just something that i loved so much so they go in and save these hostages and we enter then this massive combat fight scene between wonder woman and steppenwolf and i'm just curious i'm gonna say these two lines to you and i want you to like tell me which one is from joss whedon's justice league and uh which one is from Zack snyder's steppenwolf says to wonder woman he's like says to his parademons back off this one is mine and then in both movies wonder woman says in one of them she says i belong to no one and in another one she says you overestimate yourself which one do you do you think the i belong to no one was from Zack snyder's or joss whedon's uh, i want to say i belong to no one is from Zack Snyder. It is. Because I ju- it just sounds like it's like you overestimate yourself is so corny. It's just I, like 
you overestimate yourself. Mer, let's fight it. <laughs> I kind of like you overestimate yourself more than I belong to no one, just because I was like, okay, well, he wanted to fight you. Like, all he said was, this one is mine. And she was like, I belong to no one. And I heard that. I was like, okay. She, yeah, she just yeah, wanted to fight. Choppy. It is a little it, choppy. Not everything in this movie was, in Zack Snyder's movie was great, but it was still, it was like, uh, I prefer a, one or two things from Joss Whedon's Justice League, but I just thought the line from Joss Whedon's was better. But while Wonder Woman and Steppenwolf fight, the hostages are trying to escape and get above Strikers Island because it's underground, which is also under Gotham Harbor. So while the hostages like get to the top of um, Strikers Island, they're like still sort of under this building. And we get this really cool scene where a parademon sh- shoots a rock or something. And like part of the building starts to fall down and it's about to fall. And like this group of like nine, 10 hostages and, Ariel and the flash is like escorting them on their way out. And he moves all of these rocks, like one by one out of the way while they're falling and about to hit these people. And it's this great scene where it's like just showing you how powerful he actually is. And it's like, thank you. This is what I wanted. I wanted to see how powerful these heroes actually were. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool. Like when flash is like running, cause like in the comics, he has like yellow lightning, but in this movie, he's like blue lightning. And I remember at first it took a while. I was like, eh. and then after a while, I'm like, this is actually kind of cool. I kind of like this. Mm-hmm. It's I'm. It took a minute to get used to, like you said, but I I like it way more than the yellow lightning because the yellow lightning is just like it's, it's iconic. But seeing something new, I'm always a fan of. So and again, and I think it would have looked corny. I think it would have looked a little. You know, like eh. like yeah. I feel like live action yellow lightning would have been a little weird. I, I agree completely. I think the blue lightning fit very, very well. But Barry just... The Flash has so much better character development in this movie, along with Cyborg. Those two are the standouts in this movie. But... So, after Barry saves the hostages, we cut back to this fight scene between Wonder Woman and Steppenwolf, and Batman sort of joins in on this fight as well, and... Like, as I said earlier, they're under Gotham Harbor, and a harbor is underwater, sort of. Water. Well, so, who do we know who lives in water? Yeah, who, who, who lives in water? Well, Aquaman himself lives in water, so Steppenwolf sort of breaks some of the tubing that they're in, and all this water comes rushing in, and Aquaman then enters the fight. Not really the fight, but sort of enters the fold, and he blocks all the water that's rushing at them so he can save the heroes and it's just a really cool scene i was a fan of it because it's like, like ah. stabs like the trident he's like oh, and he's like get out of here yeah it was it was a dope scene but we get to the end of that and we cut then to stefan wolf where or step i don't know if it's stefan wolf or stefan wolf i don't know but it's stefan wolf yeah what'd Steppen you say stefan step stefan I don't know. I'll just say Stephen. Steppen. I'll just say Why that. would it be Stephen Wolf? I don't know. But um Who's Stephen Wolf. Who do you know named Stephen? Stephen Curry. I didn't really think to answer that question before I asked. <laughs> I can tell. But um anyway, Stephen Wolf goes back to like his little base on Earth and he has a flashback of the anti life equation. And he realizes then he's like 
anti-life is on earth. And because as I said earlier, they sort of lost where the anti-life equation was. They forgot that it was on earth, which always frustrated me, but Steppenwolf is like, Oh shoot. It's actually here on earth. So he makes his phone call back to Desaad where he says to him, yo, anti-life is here. And I know dark side wants this because he can control the whole universe. If he has the anti-life equation, yeah. Where then we actually meet for the first time in this movie, then Dark Side. The man for Dark Side. <laughs> but Steppenwolf says to Dark Side, he's like, I found anti life. And Dark Side's like, if what you've told me is true, he's like, I will come to Earth after you complete the unity and take over this planet. And Steppenwolf is like, you'll come here. And I, I've said there's so many goaded lines in this movie, and Darkseid has a goaded line. He has two, I think, in this movie. But he says to him, he's like, I'm going to do terrible at this. This is going to be very, very bad. But he's like, I have turned 100,000 worlds to dust, looking for anti-life, looking for those who rob me of my glory. And it's it's just a dope line. Like, Mind you, all of these vo- all these voices between Steppenwolf and Darkseid are like very, they're lowered way more. They've done some I don't want to say auto tune, but well, they have. I mean, they don't yeah. sound like us. Yeah, they they, they clearly <laughs> they don't, don't sound like two Midwestern boys making yeah. their voices really low. <laughs> Thinking yeah. we sound when we say it, we like thinking our we're hearing the line in our head, but people on the other other like listening on they're, they're hearing my nasally voice being like, "Hey, I've turned there are no lanterns here, no Kryptonians," but. It was. It's a great scene, and we actually introduced a dark side. And one of the crazy things from Joss Whedon's Justice League is we were never introduced to the dark side character at all. And it's like I don't know how the hell you could miss out on that. But you know, it's fu- make it make it funny, make it like the Avengers. Honestly, but it's it's whatever. We cut back then to the league and we see them six, five, I mean, five of the leaguers together for the first time. We have Aquaman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Batman, and um, Cyborg all together. And Cyborg brought the, he brought back the final mother box and he's sort of explaining like how the mother box saved his life and how his father used it to bring him, bring him back. And, he still views himself as a monster and he thinks that his father is sort of wrong for bringing him back and unleashing this technology on him. And as they're talking and they're starting to realize like what this mother box is, they say that the mother box is used for rearranging matter and altering the matter that currently exists. And they use like this reference where it's like, if you have a house, it's made out of house particles. But if you burn a house down, you still have the house particles, but it's just burned down now. So can you make a house out of a burnt down house particles, basically? Which then raises the question then, are we going? could we bring Superman back to life? And you just see then, like the music starts playing. Superman's theme music starts playing. <sighs> and it's so good. And you just see like how the world needs Superman. And it's just... It gives me chills listening to it because it's a beautifully done scene and I it makes me so happy. I'm like, I love this so much. Yeah. But Superman is just he's kind of the man anyway, but like 
because you're kind of desperate. Like we've kind of been slapped. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we fight this guy, we really need an equalizer. And Superman is that equalizer. He's the, like OP Justice League like, member. It's like a Batman Begins. It's like, what? or no, it's in um Arkham Knight. What are you doing? Evening the odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. And we hear Bruce Wayne, Batman say. He's like, we're six, not five. And I love it because you see this character development from Batman because he feels guilty about killing, not killing, but like wanting to kill Superman in Batman v Superman. Like you see him like realize I was sort of a psychopath nut job in that period of time. And I feel bad about killing him. I want to bring him back to life. Like the world needs Superman. Well, because Batman is fueled off of like, regret and like like his parents dead like regret hate like angst like of like his own like it's like i should have done something. but like that's who batman is like that's what he's fueled off of. so like this makes sense that he's like i need to i failed mm-hmm. it's it's great and while they're talking about it we find out then that the mother boxes awoke because of superman's death because he was one of the last he's like the last kryptonian living in the entire universe and when he died on earth, like the mother boxes were free to awake from him because they were only scared of Superman because of how powerful he was. So the death of Superman awoke the mother boxes. And now that the humans have mother box, not the justice league has one. they're like, we can rearrange the matter and the particles of Superman to bring him back to life. So we have to try it. But before act four ends, we cut to, Martha Kent, who is Superman's adoptive mother, and we cut to Lois Lane, Superman's love interest. And Martha is talking with Lois, and she's like, you need to move on with your life. I mean, I know that like we're the only two people who understand who Clark really was and like what he meant to the world, but we just need to move on and like accept the fact that he's dead right now. Martha then leaves Lois's apartment, and we cut to a very cool and like super dope cameo, but also incredibly confusing to me. Yeah. I was really confused when this happened too. Do you want to talk about it? No. Well, I, okay. So like, yeah, they talk about this and all of a sudden like Martha transforms shapeshifts into the Martian Manhunter. And if I was really pissed a little bit at first, cause I'm like, okay. Cause every time like Lois Lane was on, like we haven't really talked about Lois Lane. Cause like she's always just depressed. She's like, oh, and anytime like Martha can't, we're like, oh, and they're like, Oh, we miss Clark. Oh, we need to move on. It's like, so I wasn't listening to this. At this point, I was kind of just like, I was like listening. When I was kind of wasn't listening, I was talking with Sam. And all of a sudden, it turns into Martian Manhunter. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What just happened? What did they just talk about? (laughs) Well, because like, it doesn't, like, then you rewatch and you're like, why? Like, why are they talking about this? And why? Because it's Martian Manhunter. But like, why does he, like, I was like, it doesn't add up. Yeah, it it didn't make any sense because I don't it made more sense for Martha Kent to be having that conversation with Lois and it just being Martha Kent, not the Martian Manhunter, because I watched him like, why does the Martian Manhunter care if Lois Lane comes back to like the land of the living? I was like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, why does he care if Lois is still hung up on Clark's death? So I I was just like, calm down. I I was just I mean it was it was a super dope cameo and mind you also that the Martian Manhunter is 
his character was the general in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, who is a character of color. And it's worth Brown mentioning Black now. Man. Shout out. It, it's worth mentioning now that Zack Snyder wanted to use John Stewart Green Lantern. We mentioned this on last week's episode, but Zack Snyder wanted to use John Stewart, the Black Green Lantern, in this movie instead of the Martian Manhunter. But Warner Brothers was like, "No, you cannot use him." And it was it got to the point where Zack Snyder was like, "Not going to make this movie because he could not use like that character of color in the movie." But he was lucky enough to switch out um, John Stewart with Martian Manhunter because his plan was always to have the Martian Manhunter be the general character, but he didn't want to use the Martian Manhunter. I think for this movie. But, no, yeah, he, I think John Stewart was the plan. Yeah, but and alas, we get yeah. to see Martian Manhunter, which he's pretty cool. He's he's a dope character. He's mad OP as well. But that was the end of Act 4 then. We cut to Act 5, which is all the King's horses. And it opens with the Justice League members digging up Clark's body because, as I said earlier, they have the mother box, which which they think can bring him back to life. And we get this really, like, sentimental scene between um, Diana and Arthur where... They have each Amazonians and Atlanteans have their own saying, and it's none are taken back from the darkness without giving up one in return. And they both realize like, oh, you have that same saying too. And it's just like this really cool, like unique scene because in Joss Whedon's Justice League, like Wonder Woman and Aquaman didn't really have any dialogue together. They had like one like really cringy scene together and that was it. So like them like actually like conversing and like having dialogue together is like something that makes me happy to see because and, Amazonians oh, oh. and Atlanteans hate each other right now. Right. Yeah. They're, they're not really too fond of one another. So no, like, dirty Amazonian, filthy yeah. Atlantean. Yeah. It's, it's just cool seeing like those two, like actually have like that unique dialogue and they dig up Clark's body and they put him in the back of their truck or whatever they're driving. It's like Dana will body in a graveyard. It's like, uh, we're just digging up Superman, bro. Leave it alone. Well, it's cool because when they dig him up and like they put it away, like they're playing Lex Luthor's theme music in the back, which I love his theme music that plays. It's amazing. If you haven't listened to it, just go look up Lex Luthor's theme music or maybe I'll play it during this. Maybe I can. I'll see if I, are we allowed to do that or are we going to get, copyrighted well i mean now that i talk about it it's a great time to have our sponsor segment play and welcome back (laughs) welcome back so anyways but after they take clark's body and we cut to Alfred and Bruce sort of having a conversation with each other. And yet again, there's another fairly goaded line in this movie where Alfred's like, why are you doing this? Like you never really act this way, Bruce. Like you feel like you seem like you're completely different. And Bruce is like, I'm operating on faith. I need to bring Clark back. Like, this is my goal. Like I, I feel incredibly guilty about this. I, I'm trying to avenge him by bringing him back. Basically like this is like what I need to do. And 
Alfred's like, well, how do you know your team's strong enough? And he says another really goaded line where he's like, if you can't bring down the charging bull, then don't wave the red cape at it. And Bruce replies, is like, you do if it's this red cape, because this red cape fights back. And it's like, yeah, you have Superman on your side, like the most powerful hero. But it's, I remember you and I were talking when the trailers are coming out. We're like, oh, this line is great. Alfred's such a G. Well, Jeremy Irons does such a good job in this, mm-hmm. like, in like, because he's like, because Alfred has like, has had many different iterations like well, not many. Alfred's always like, "Ooh, the butler!" Like Michael, My- Michael Caine, Ma- Master Bruce. He's always like this old guy who's like can kind of do stuff. But like Jeremy Irons looks like he like because like he he messes like when he's like um in Batman vs Superman when he flies the drone, like the bat batwing drone. He's like blowing stuff up. And he's like flying the and like he does like RPA stuff from our RPA's remotely piloted aircraft. But um, and he does like drone stuff, like with the Batmobile. Like he does a lot of cool stuff in this. Like he's like he's like an active Alfred. Like if Alfred was like, I don't know. I just I I liked it because like it's a it's a more fresh interpretation of him mm-hmm. besides being just a butler. It's it's a different like he's more hands on sort of and like doing more exactly. of like the nitty gritty stuff, which is really cool. Like because a partner he's... to Batman, not just mm-hmm. like Bruce Wayne's butler. Yeah, it's a different dynamic on the character, which, yeah, like, I'm I'm a big fan of it. But we cut them back to Star Labs, which is the group of people who are studying, like, the um, the mother box. Well, and while at this point they don't have the mother box, I thought it was worth mentioning uh, Dr. Ryan Choi, who, for those of you who are familiar, he becomes the Atom in the comics. And if you're not familiar with the Atom, atoms are very small. He like can shrink himself. He can shrink himself down, but it was supposed to. Zack Snyder was supposed to, I believe, direct uh, a movie with the Atom, and Dr. Ryan Choi is an Asian American, I think, or he might just be. I don't know if he's American, but he's Asian, and he was going to be the first superhero-led movie with an Asian lead actor, and. Warner Brothers kind of like backed off of that idea. And now Marvel is coming out with Shang-Chi, which is the first Asian led superhero movie. It's kind of like, why are you like being so hesitant on this diversity? Warner Brothers. Another, another thing. If you couldn't already tell Warner Brothers is stupid and they don't understand the property they have. Yeah. Warner Bros is kind of dropping the ball left and right, but I thought it was worth mentioning Dr. Ryan Choi. But so we then, cut to um our heroes like sort of breaking into the the crashed kryptonian ship from man of, from man of steel and batman v superman which is where superman's uh codex was in and it's sort of like where they can resurrect him and bring him back to life and while the justice league is like walking in we see um silas stone and victor sort of like walk past each other in the hallway and it's this like cool scene because they don't say anything to each other, but like they understand like both the paths that they're on and they're like, just like give each other a head nod. And they're like, they're not going to like interrupt like what one another is doing, especially Silas, because he could like sort of rat them out to like the national guard and like get them kicked out of there. But he like understands like what they're trying to do. So they go to the, um, the crash Kryptonian ship and they go back to like the chamber where they can bring Superman back to life. 
with the mother box. And yet again, we get another amazing Barry Allen scene where he has to charge up the mother box to bring Superman back to life. And not only is this a great Barry Allen scene, but it's a great scene in general for the movie. Slow motion. Well, it's not even just that either. But well, yeah, you... no, but it's it's really cool. Oh yeah, okay. I was like, wait, do you remember what happened? I was concerned. Yeah, because he's like running, and it's like he like reaching through the air, and, just... and he like gives the power. Not even that. It's so man. My space. Fake... I might be space. I'm really tired right now. I have fake fan here, but um. Before they uh, drop the mother box, Victor's like getting warned by the codex. It's like, uh, this course is irreversible. Like this action is not advised. This course That's is irreversible. Right. This this course is irreversible. And like, it keeps saying this to him. And like, right when Victor's about to drop the box, he sees like this like future that's about to happen if they bring Superman back to life, which is called yeah. the nightmare universe, where we see that if they bring Superman back to life, Darkseid will come to earth and take control of it. Wonder Woman will die along with Aquaman. There's like an Atlantean genocide that happens. Lois Lane will die in the Bat Cave. And Superman will fall to the anti life equation along with the entire Justice League dying. And it's like all of this is going to happen if you bring back Superman and try and save him, like help you, have him help you stop the unity from happening. And it's like. Oh, very ominous yeah it's like kind of concerning it's like look at like what's gonna happen and it's it's funny because right when the scene happens like barry and cyborg are like talking over the comms because barry has to like build up enough charge at a far enough distance to where he can bring superman back and victor says he's like no and barry's like go so he like takes off and like brings him back to life <laughs> and after superman comes back to life the codex then says to him he's like the future has taken root in the present. It's like, um, does that mean that this, so everything I explained where like this dark future is going to happen where cyborgs are, it's called the nightmare universe. So when the computer says the future has taken root in the present, it's like, um, is the nightmare universe actually going to happen now? But we then get the return of Superman in the movie where he comes back to life brainwashed yeah he's sort of like who am i what is happening and it's just like yeah he's confused and he engages in this fight with the justice league then because cyborg's armor defense which is made from mother box reacts to superman coming back to life and thinks of him as a threat so it's like attack this threat he's gonna kill you so cyborg's like trying to like stop his armor from like attacking superman but it's auto defense is just like this is the most powerful being it's going to kill you fight right now it's like fight or flight sort of yeah which i was a fan of but we then get in again more differences with joss whedon's justice league and the snyder cut but wonder woman has this line to superman where she's like kal-el no and there's multiple takes of it during Joss Whedon's Justice League, and there's like multiple takes of it in general, but in Joss Whedon's Justice League, they use the worst cut of it possible. Like they use the worst line of Gal Gadot using it. And then in this one, they use the best one of Gal Gadot using it. So it's like. I've seen that, yeah. Because like in the Justice League, it sounds like she's like a mother reprimanding a child. Mm hmm. 
she's like not like trying to sound mad at him and in this one she's like no 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 no! don't do this you don't want to fight right now so it it was it makes me confused because i'm like Zack snyder filmed this movie before justice league came out mind you he only filmed like a couple new scenes for this movie so it's just like why did you choose the worst line like the worst line that wonder woman had and that takes it's it's just confusing but again because it's gonna be funny yeah you can't make it seem Avengers. too you can't make it seem too gritty but this is all happening and superman like is almost causing like all this collateral damage because he's like fighting the league and yet again we get the league saving all the people that are about to die which it's like wow this is exactly what the justice league is supposed to do it's crazy that Zack snyder a man who like made watchmen in 300 is like yeah saving all these people 300 hey 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 easy 300 yeah. is cool <laughs> 300 fits like no 300 is dope but it's just like it's crazy that this guy gets the concept and joss whedon didn't but I then Zack, there will be no Zack snyder slander no oh god i will not slander him i love him so much from this movie but act five then ends with silas stone victor's father um taking wait wait, mother- wait wait can we please talk about that line oh which line Kalel, the last son of Krypton. Oh yeah, I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, I don't remember the. I just remember. I remember hearing because I remember like hearing the last son of Krypton and being like, "That's such a cool title." I mean, like, yeah, it's sad your planet's gone and all, but like, imagine it's, me like, like you're like the last, like you are on a different planet, like you are Will, the last, the last son, son of, Earth. of Earth. Yeah, it's well. So Wonder Woman says this, like she's trying to like kickstart his memory, and she's like, Kalel, the last son of Krypton. And it's just like, oh, that's, yeah. oh, that's cool. right. Yeah, it's it's such a great line. But yeah, Lois Lane then pulls up and she jogs his memory. He's like, oh, yeah, I love you. I love and then you. they, they kind of just dip and go somewhere else. Until they can't, like, it's yeah. like in the Simpsons movie when the two cops start making out and they fall into the... It's like that's, Lo- that's Lois and Superman at this point. Basically. But... um. Act five ends with Silas Stone, Victor's father, taking the mother box and superheating it so that it can absorb enough heat where it's easy enough for the heroes to find out where the box is because Steppenwolf is about to steal it. And it's you see then right before Silas is about to die, you see Victor like watch his father die. And this dude has had to watch his mother die and he's now had to watch his father die. And it's like you feel so bad for the character because he actually cares about his father. And it's just... It makes me Only sad. Had a real, he's had a real rough go. <laughs> he has, but they then realize that they can find uh, the mother box by looking through Bruce's satellites to find um, like the superheated mother box. And then we enter act six, which is called something darker. The final act of the movie plus the epilogue, but that'll be very brief. But act six is also fairly short. This has been a longer podcast. We're, uh, we're getting up there in time. Yeah. But um, Act 6 opens up where um, like Bruce is like talking with the team and he's like saying to them, all right, we know where to find the mother box. It's at this like nuclear power plant reactor. And they're saying like, well, Superman didn't choose to fight with us. So like, how are we going to do this? And Bruce says to them, I don't care how many demons Steppenwolf has fought and how many hells. He's never fought us. Not us united. It's like, dude. Why do you have to be so badass this movie now? Like Ben Affleck as Batman is just 
amazing. I love him so Hell much. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's amazing. It's it just makes me so happy that like I mean I love Ben Affleck in Batman v Superman and like well Batman's motives like I understood but I thought they were like sort of like gray. I still loved him in that and in this one I love him even more. But so as I said, Superman kind of dips, but we cut back to him and he's on the farm with Lois and I think that's where they're planning on living, but I wanted to talk about this quickly because while they're at this farm, Martha shows up and I was really confused about this because I was like, wait, so is this Martha Kent, like Martian Manhunter? Is this like Martha Kent, Martha Kent, his mom? Because like, which I don't know which one this is. Am I going to have to really care about this scene or am I going to be able to skip it over? (laughs) Yeah. I, and we, we didn't get the answer to that, but I was like, if it's Martian Manhunter, then like she could just like easily play off like the conversation she had with Lois earlier. But if it's not, then like Lois could like talk to her and be like, Hey, what was up with that? And she's going to be like, that wasn't me. And then you got more problems on your hands. You got a shapeshifter meeting with people, but it was just, sort of goofy but our team the justice league is then getting ready to go fight steppenwolf and one of the things that i love is aquaman like is getting more depth and character development because he's like understanding where characters are coming from because he used to be like this hard ass and everything but he's talking with the flash and he says to him victor has to like get into these mother boxes and like try and stop them from synchronizing and forming the unity or else like the entire earth is going to um be sort of KO'd and he says to him he's like we're asking a kid who just lost his father to go up against the most powerful machines in the universe and the flash is like I thought you didn't care and he replies to him saying I never said that and you can tell it's like Aquaman like actually cares for Victor even though like he has like a lot of like skepticism for him and he was like oh yeah you were made from these mother boxes so how do we know you're not working for the enemy He's empathetic. Yeah, it's that's a great way of saying it. I didn't think of it like that, but like you see, like how Cyborg actually cares. I mean, how Aquaman actually cares for him, and he's like this dude watched his like entire family die. He's a like monster as in his eyes. Like, how how is he going to handle this? But our heroes are like going off to fight Steppenwolf. Then, and we cut to sort of like the final Trinity arc for Superman where he's getting his black suit and he's sort of donning the role of Superman again. And I say it's the Trinity of Superman because the three movies that uh, Zack Snyder has done for this DCEU universe has been Man of Steel, which is sort of like the rise of Jesus. And then uh, Batman vs Superman, which is sort of the death of Jesus when he dies in it. And then we have Justice League, which is then the return of Jesus. And Zack Snyder like loves like his symbolism with Jesus and Superman. So it's like you get like this cool shot where like Superman like is in front of the sun, like absorbing all the heat. Oh my god. Gorgeous. It's a God knows why they didn't use the black suit in the original Justice League. Because it's too dark, it's not funny enough. Yeah, the black suit. Like it makes sense on why he needed the black suit because for those of you who aren't, yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar, Superman gains his like he becomes more powerful as he absorbs the uh, the light and the energy uh, radiating off of the sun because it's a yellow sun. So the fact that he's wearing a black suit and it's a yellow sun emitting energy, he'll absorb it better and it'll make him more powerful. Now, if he was under a red sun, he wouldn't be as strong and he'd be he become weaker. So. 
That's no. why he has that. Yeah, he has been dead, so he does need energy. Yeah, like he's still he's Superman, but he he did just come back to life like two hours ago in movie time. So he's he's just he's trying to reacclimate. So he's just like, wait, wait, hold on. Who who who's who's here? Why why are they? What what's going on here? What's what's this anti life? Yeah, but he's doing his like we get like the jesus shot where he's like absorbing the sun energy and everything but <clears throat> we cut back to then to the heroes who finally get to steppenwolf's like base and they're they engage in this really dope battle and i don't need to talk about it they have like all these cool combos that they do with the heroes fighting together and it's like this is the justice league that i know that i like i read the comics and like watched on television with like justice league unlimited and everything so while they're fighting and everything, Barry has to sort of like run around like the area and start supercharging up so he can let Victor get into the mother boxes so they can't form this unity and take over the earth. So I love, I love, love, love the Flash this movie. And I loved Ezra Miller in this movie because while he's like running around and like trying to like build up this energy, like he can't contain it and hold it. And like they're getting their cans kicked right now by steppenwolf and they're like we can't fight him like by ourselves wonder woman aquaman and cyborg because cyborg needs to connect to the mother boxes and the flash is doing his own thing and batman's trying to make sure that the parademons aren't getting in and like fighting them and like causing more trouble for them and the flash is like victor i can't hold this and you see like these cool like shots of the flash like running and like sweating like super hard it's just it's beautiful. When you're running so fast, yeah. Sweat. Sweat would make sense. Yeah, it, it's things that the Flash TV show doesn't do. I don't really watch. I don't watch that show, but it's whatever. But then mm-hmm. our heroes are getting their cans kicked, and right when it seems outmatched, who rolls up? The goat, Superman himself. He drops down like a freaking rock out of the sky, and. He starts just completely dominating Steppenwolf in the battle. Then it's not even like really close at this point. But while this is all going on, these mother boxes that we keep talking about and for are getting ready to form this unity, which will synchronize and take over the entire planet and like wipe the earth clean and then make it into apocalypse, which is dark side's world. So, this is like all about to happen. And like cyborg is like, I need to like get back to the mother boxes so I can like charge up into it. Right. When he's like, I'm ready to go, Barry, come charge me up and like send me into it. Barry gets shot by one of the parademons. And like, there's like a massive gash in like the side of him. And it's like, can't run. Ugh. He's a yeah. troll. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it looks so painful to, I mean, I wish it was like a little, like I wish there was more holes on him. Just like make it look even like worse than it like actually was. But <laughs> He's just like nicked. Ah, guys, I can't run. Guys, help! Like getting their, they're getting beat up, and he's just like, guys, I nicked my knee. Can we like? Well, this was another cool thing actually too, because when he was running, like he got shot, like he tripped and fell, and like he's like trying to talk. He's like, I got the wind knocked out of me, and it's like, yeah, that it's like that makes sense because the dude like, like tripped for like three hundred feet. Yeah, of how freaking hard he was running literally but, pounding sand yeah, honestly but so barry loses his charge and the mother boxes like are about to form the unity and this is a cool side note like a boom tube shows up which is sort of just like teleportation face, 
yeah, it's a teleportation, but we're just, it was like FaceTiming from across the universe. We'll just say for those of you who don't know what a boom tube is, but dark side opens up this boom tube where he's like watching this all unfold then. And there are two characters that are like standing directly in front of like this boom tube. And that's wonder woman and Aquaman. As I mentioned earlier with this nightmare universe, where once they bring Superman back, like people are going to die. The two characters from the justice league that die are Aquaman and wonder woman. So when Darkseid sees this happening and like he sees like those two heroes right away, he sees Wonder Woman and Aquaman. And I think that might be like one of the reasons on like why he kills him because he recognizes them like the most out of all the other leaguers and he knows yeah, that Superman. Yeah. They're the Amazonian, it's the Amazonian and the Atlantean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You, you screwed me. You screwed me over. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. But so the mother boxes then sort of form their unity because Barry can't get the charge built up fast enough and the heroes lose which and didn't happen in the original and then, which i was a big fan of but <laughs> the whole world goes to crap and barry allen who's still trying to gain his breath and heal up has the greatest most creative scene in a comic book movie ever oh, yeah. where like yeah the entire earth just like starts like getting wiped and like you see like all like the layers of the earth go away and you see like barry just like slow everything down and he's like oh speed force time yeah he enters this thing called the speed force where he just moves incredibly fast like so so fast like it's impossible to even like imagine it but he goes into the speed force and he's like i need to break my rule of time travel because he knows that he can break like the speed of light and he can go faster than it. But he's like, I, I, I need to do this because if I don't, the entire world is going to, to crap and we lo- we lose then. So it's this beautiful scene of him, like running back in time, sort of, and like reversing everything that happened. I'm and- trying to find the line that he said, but I can't, it's like something about like, you gotta go faster than the speed, you gotta go faster. And then like, he's running, he's saying like, your kid was one of the good ones, dad. One of the best, one of the best, of, one of the best of the best. I could. So the line he says to him, he's like, he's like, oh. then he heals up and he's like, um, okay, just got to go fast on the speed of light, far beyond the speed of light. You got to break the rule barrier and you got to do it now. And then he takes off and he starts sprinting away and then he's running. And like, while he's running, he has that, as I mentioned earlier, he says to himself, he's like, your kid was one of them, dad one of the best of the best and it just it makes me so happy like i get emotional watching it because i'm like this is what a superhero is supposed to be and like it's a beautiful character arc for him because like his dad knows he can be one of the best of the best and barry's like trying to prove that to him and like yes this is what he does it just it makes me so happy that flash gets his moment to shine and it's the best scene in the whole movie like it's easily the best scene in the whole movie it's so good yeah but so Barry like reverses the time and he's able to get Cyborg like back into the unity. He brings everyone back to life because of what he does. And he charges Cyborg into the unity. Cyborg has this beautiful scene where he's like conflicted where the mother box is like talking to him. They're like, you don't want to do this. You want to join us. And it shows like his family and the life that he could have if he doesn't do this. And Cyborg then like sort of realizes like, I'm not a monster this is who I am now. And like, he like accepts and comes to grips with like who he is. And it's, he, he has a beautiful character wrap up as well. And it's 
Cyborg and the Flash are the two standout characters for me in this movie. Like, there's three, but Cyborg, Batman, and Flash. But Cyborg and Flash like are the ones who are completely different compared to the other movie, and it just makes me so happy. But the unity is then stopped. The heroes save the day, and we then get to the death of Steppenwolf because our heroes are all together in the same room now. Fighting him united. Fighting him united, like Batman said. It's not even a challenge. They behead Darkseid and... Not Darkseid, Steppenwolf, and they send him back to the boom tube where Darkseid is watching, and he gets a beheaded cousin or like nephew Steppenwolf. And we then get another fairly golden line from Darkseid where he's like, the anti-life he realizes that the anti-life equation is on earth and he's like well we have to go get it so he says to his hench his right hand man desad he's like anti-life is found desad and we will stop at nothing to possess it ready the armada we will use the we will use the old ways and they're basically going to earth then to get the anti-life equation back and as i said earlier where cyborg had saw the future we start to see the future be set in motion where dark side is heading to earth to get the anti-life equation kill the entire justice league basically and set us in the nightmare universe but that was the end of act six basically the heroes save the day they all get like nice little clean wrap-ups and then we get but there's an epilogue and it lasts fairly long, but there's only like a couple brief things that really stand out. They Lex Luthor escapes from prison from Batman V Superman. And he forms the injustice league with Deathstroke, And he tells him Batman's identity and it's cool. It's interesting. I'd be cool. I'd be happy to see. I want to see more Deathstroke. I love Deathstroke. He's I think so cool. He, he's great in young justice. Well, he's like the perfect antithesis to ba- like, okay, outside the Joker, but like Deathstroke is just Batman, but like evil. <laughs> yeah, basically. He's but, just like, eh, I'm you, but I kill people. Uh, yeah, he's a hired assassin. So, but that's, that was one of the th- <clears throat> scenes from the epilogue. And then there's three. The second one was we get a vision of the nightmare universe that we were talking oh, about. Oh my God. Where we see the future and the heroes. And we see like, it's like only a couple, it's like three years in the future. I like did the math on it. It was like three years in the future. And Mm -hmm. we see Batman, the flash cyborg Mara, which is Aquaman's wife, um, the Joker and Deathstroke. Like is a weird group crew of people. Yeah. It's like, is this like sort of like our new, like justice league sort of, and the earth is like looking like apocalypse. Now it looks completely run down. It's, it looks um, like a post-apocalypse sort of thing. And it's it's scary because it's like, wow, this is like actually what's going to happen for the future. But <clears throat> we get this like cool sort of banter between um, Batman and Joker where they're talking with one another and Joker sort of taunting Batman. And this was one of the scenes that Zack Snyder actually like filmed in his backyard too, which it's I think so is hilarious. Cool. Because Warner Brothers was like, you can't film any new scenes for it. And he was like, yeah, okay. And then he filmed new scenes for it. But they have this like cool dialogue where um, Batman says to Joker, he's like, and make no money. I don't remember how they got on the topic of it, but Batman. He's like, like, you must make your, he's like, then, uh, sorry, can't speak English right now. 
but he's like choose your next words very carefully it's like you're gonna save him like the others like someone specific like a sidekick he's like that wasn't very careful of you he's like what are you gonna do kill me we all but we we know you won't do that and then what is he but what does batman say you know the line yeah he's like he says to him, he's like, it's funny because when Harley Quinn was dying in my arms and she told me to kill you and make no mistake, I will effing kill you that I do it slowly. And it's like, you Whoa. never hear Batman say to Joker, he's like, I will effing kill you. And like the fact that he said, I will effing kill you. I was like, this is so badass. I love it so much. Very charged very very charged but then bruce wakes up sort of from like this dream it's like the nightmare so when we say nightmare we say like nightmare with like k-n-i-g-h-t-m-a-r-e but like he's like sort of he's had this vision like in batman v superman and now in this movie so he's sort of like it's lois lois yeah. lane she's the we'll key have to, we'll have to talk about bvs on another day maybe but yeah he wakes up then from this um, nightmare and then he sees the Martian Manhunter outside of his house, which was supposed to be the Green Lantern, John Stewart. This I know for a fact this scene was supposed to be Green Lantern, John Stewart, yeah. where he was warning him about Darkseid coming to Earth and a greater threat and sort of teasing Justice League 2, which we don't really Won't know happen. if will happen. But Martian Manhunter flies away and we see like a very... We see 2021 Ben Affleck. It's very obvious that the scene was filmed like recently because of how different Ben Affleck looks compared to how he looks in the rest of the movie. Yeah, but it's whatever. It's forgivable. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not complaining, but it was a great scene. And then flies away and it's the end of Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Explained in two hours. Two hours. Half the length of the movie. Might as well just watch the whole movie. You might as well. So it's a, it's a haul. It's it's it a good. A it's really good. I would if you say you haven't seen it. Definitely, you don't have to. Don't watch it all at once. If you're not like just like break it into the chunks, break it into the chapters that they give you. It's easy. They're all like what are they? Thirty minutes tops. Yeah, I think the longest is like forty five. Yeah, so it's like a TV show. You can basically split it up like a TV show, but like yeah. What were your final oh thoughts of the movie, Cal? Oh my god! It was like on our whelmed scale, like we say we're whelmed a lot of the time. I was like overwhelmed because there was so much stuff that happened in this movie. It was like it's not a movie; it's an event. Like it's so mm-hmm. great, and I really liked the character arc of Batman. I really liked the Flash and Cyborg in this. It's just like I I like how. Because a lot of like superhero movies are like short and like sometimes you're like, oh, I kind of wish I had more. But like this gave you more and it felt good because I know you feel the same way. It's like. Why can't like it begs the question, it's like, well, why can't we do like extended length like superhero movie like movies and put mm-hmm. them on stream? Because I can't people are going to watch it in theaters, but like plenty of people downloaded HBO Max just to watch this, this movie. movie. Yeah. But I, I liked, I enjoyed it. Some parts of it were cheesy, but that's fine. Like the, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a great movie. I, I think it was a phenomenal movie. I was so happy with how it 
how much it was different compared to Joss Whedon's Justice League. It was night and day, as I said. Like it was so. I think there was only like two scenes that were like in Joss Whedon's Justice League, and then everything else was completely different, which amazed me. I was such a fan of it. I was so happy. the The score, this the score made this movie so well. Like there was music that was playing, and it just made me so emotional because like it just built up the scene so perfect it was yeah. it was a great movie i was a very big fan of it and i think it's definitely worth the watch because of how good the story is because even though it's four hours it's a very like methodical storytelling like they build up the characters very well and like they feel like completed character arcs by the end of the movie and the story feels engaging as well because it's not difficult to follow yeah yeah, it's 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 fun. It's a really good like fun story to follow because it feels like you like when you finish it, you're like, holy crap, that was like that was a story. Yeah. And Warner Brothers isn't going they're not planning they've said they're we're never we're not pursuing any more of Zack Snyder's vision of the Justice League, which is I, I think it's ridiculous. They should because of the outpouring audience support of this movie. Um, yeah. There's- I and yeah. I just, I love Zack Snyder. I do too. Well, so for this movie, it was hashtag release the Snyder cut after this movie came out. Now it's hashtag restore the Snyderverse. And I had said that it took three years for hashtag release the Snyder cut to get to uh, one and a half million tweets. It took one week for hashtag restore the Snyderverse to get one and a half million tweets. Yeah. Warner Brothers is dumb. Yeah, they're very tone deaf. We've talked, I think we've talked about it like three or four times at how tone deaf they are to the fans. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. They're, we both, we both loved this movie. If you oh, yeah. Tell. Oh, yeah. And every, a lot of people like this movie, which just goes to show that like Warner Brothers doesn't understand the property they have and what they're doing with it. And so they're just screwing it up. They're but, being dumb. But you do. What do you do? There's our there's our overall thoughts on the Snyder Cut on our longest episode yet of the Legionnaire Podcast. Oh my god, podcast. I'm exhausted after this. I feel like we just like ran a marathon. I know. It's a lot. We just talked for half the movie, but I still haven't even eaten dinner yet and we're recording at I haven't either. I gotta, be up at, I gotta be up at 5 a.m. tomorrow for work. Hey. Well, you can get food on the way there maybe or something. I gotta eat before I go to bed, though. But um, yeah. So that wraps up our talk on Jack. Jack. Oh my God, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, <laughs> we were planning on having Q and A, but nobody nobody sent us any questions. So <laughs> if you guys you want do. to, yeah, if it's... you could, um, will you want to tell us tell them where where they can reach us at? Yeah, our um our email is legionairepodcast at gmail.com and our Instagram handle is at legionairepod and legionaire spelled L-E-G-I-O-N-N-A-I-R-E. So if you have any questions and you want us to answer it or if you want us to talk about something specific, please send it our way because we'd be more than happy to. We also have our VOD up from last week, Friday's podcast up on our YouTube, which is the Legionnaire podcast on YouTube. So if you're interested in seeing how Cal and I like 
talk to one each other from camera to camera, you're more than welcome to look at that as well. Thank you, you to Caleb. Try. Yeah, thank you to Caleb for helping me upload that. My computer could not handle it, so I had to have him do it. But please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah. And please follow us on Spotify as well. Yeah, please help us help us promote. Send this to your friends if you think they'd like it. If yeah. they'd like hearing us ramble in the odd hours of the evening. At odd hours of the evening. But thank you for listening to the Legionnaire Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you did, share it with someone you think would like it. And we will see you on Friday, hopefully. Send us we, away, Cal. We are Legion. 